Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the best show on the internet. This is the RR Show. I'm Andy, and today I am taking you on an adventure into r slash malicious compliance. So you better maliciously comply with me and grab your tea and your popcorn and maybe a blanket as we jump right on into our first story from Epic Sausage 69. Only do what's in my job title. <laughs> Fine. Good luck. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it. Taylor Swift: The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney Plus. So I work for a construction company as an inventory admin. My job is to basically schedule counts of our warehouse and input the numbers they give me for inventory. Then try to see what the problem is when the numbers on the last count and current counts don't add up. There's a little bit more to it, but I'll not bore you with the specifics. The problem with this job is that when you have been doing it long enough and you're good at it, there's less work to do. In the beginning, when counting one rack out of 60 racks of materials would take a few days. It was fine, because I was always busy. But now that everything is in order, the entire warehouse can be counted in three days. This leaves me bored for most of the time, so to fix this, I studied up on our cloud-based ERP service that we use for all internal and external transactions, and have become sort of an expert on it. Every single aspect of this company uses this ERP service to do their job. Timesheets, HR, payroll, accounting, scheduling, management, manufacturing, ordering from vendors, delivering, inventory, etc. All runs through this ERP service. So it is very important that this service is up and running perfectly 24-7. I became so proficient in this service that our VP decided to cut ties with our consultants of the ERP because I could do what they did, but better, quicker, and much cheaper. For reference, we were paying these consultants five grand a month just to be on standby if we needed them for some sort of problem that could arise from using this ERP and had to dish out more money to fix those problems depending on how many hours of their time was spent to fix said problems. Not sure on their exact rate, but it was something like 200 bucks an hour, and they took weeks to fix anything, while well, I could fix the problem in time for my daily afternoon shit break. I never got an official job title or raise of any kind for being an expert on this service. The company just saw me being able to do it and let me fix things that happened so they no longer needed the outside help. I wasn't too upset because it gave me something to do. I was glad to save the company money, even if none of that money fell my way. Skip ahead a few months. 
We now have a new warehouse manager, and something in the warehouse fucks something up in inventory by sending a bunch of materials to the wrong job with no record of it being shipped. We're talking half a million dollar fuck up here. In the same day, our ERP had an update that caused a bunch of bugs with our accounting department, so I decided to work on the ERP problem first because the warehouse fuck up is more of a delay fuck up and not actually stopping anyone from doing their job at the moment. While this accounting problem means our bills are not being paid. You can guess what kind of issue we will have if bills are not paid. The ERP bugs turn out to be quite big and numerous, so it ends up taking me a couple of days to figure out. But I fix it before any bills are actually due and decided to take lunch a little early to celebrate the victory. Crisis averted. New warehouse manager storms into my office after I get back from lunch and is livid. Apparently the bosses were pinning the blame on him for the warehouse fuck up, and considering he's the one that oversees shipments and personnel in the warehouse, the blame is rightfully placed. He starts laying into me asking why I've not fixed the problem yet, yelling and screaming like a child. I tried to explain that I was fixing an ERP issue and have not had time to look at the warehouse problem yet. Oh, he gets even more angry. Notes that it's, oh, funny how I have time to take early lunches, but not to do my job. That starts to piss me off, but I held my tongue and kept calm about the situation. Well, he then orders me to only do what is in my job title and to leave the ERP bullshit to the people competent enough to handle it, as he put it. Since this guy was technically my supervisor, I had no choice but to obey. I ask him to send me that in writing, and he snarks and storms back into his office. Five minutes later, I get an email stating that under no circumstances am I to work on anything related to ERP unless it involves inventory. Well, cue malicious compliance. I do nothing but inventory from that point forward, knowing damned well that we would be essentially coasting until we hit a problem that I would refuse to fix. Sure enough, not even a week later I get an email from HR that some sort of bug in the ERP system was preventing them from accessing payroll to pay employees this week. I reply with an apology that I'm no longer able to work on ERP bugs due to supervisor and to refer to the ERP system help guide for any further assistance. <laughs> I knew the help guide was not going to help her in the slightest, but it was no longer my problem, so I was not going to deal with it. Skip to a few days later to Friday. I checked my bank account in the morning before getting to work and laughed because there was no money deposited. The problem never got fixed. I hurry up and get to work, excited to see the chaos unfold. And what I was expecting was an understatement. When I show up to work, I see the entire warehouse staff of 50 people walking out of the front door. I stopped one and asked, hey, why are you leaving? And they replied, I didn't get paid today, so I'm not coming back until I do. I go into the office and see the warehouse manager in a panic. He has jobs that need material and nobody to load it onto trucks or deliver. So I ask him, hey, you, you, know, you need any help with anything? Oh, he just screams at me and tells me to leave his office because he's getting phone calls out the ass from superintendents of jobs asking why our materials have not arrived yet. 
So I swing past HR on the way to my office, see a bunch of the bosses huddled up over her computer with her with an angry and confused expressions on their face. I guess trying to figure out the problem. I did feel a bit bad for her because ultimately it was something outside of her control, but I knew she'd be alright because she'd been there so long that they would never fire her. When I get to my office, I see the VP. He's there, he's waiting for me, and he's looking pissed off. When we get inside, he demands to know why I did not fix the problem in HR when she emailed me about it. I replied, oh, I'm no longer allowed to work on ERP problems as it's not in my job title. He has the most shocked look on his face and asks why all of a sudden I had a change of heart. I show him the email from the warehouse manager, and I could see the dots connect in his head. He immediately storms out, and I see him heading straight to the warehouse manager's office. They were in there for a few hours, but eventually he comes back to my office. He seems calmer now and asks me politely if I can fix the problem in HR, and if I can resume fixing the ERP if needed. Now at this point, I quite liked the relief of responsibility, and I told him I would only do it if he put it officially in my job title, along with a raise. His calmness turned to anger again, and he says, I cannot believe you! And he storms out and returns to his office. Well, a few hours later, he sends out a mass email that he's hired the old ERP consultants to fix the problem and that next week, everyone would be paid for the money they're owed along with the money they earned if they returned to work. This one surprised me as he'd rather pay over 60 grand a year to consultants and give me a few extra bucks an hour for better work. I think he expected me to change my mind and just do it from my own paycheck, but I decided to wait, because I know how these consultants were, and if they managed to fix the problem in a week, I would streak naked through the office. Most of the warehouse staff agreed to return, but were still upset about not getting paid. Sure enough, next Friday comes around. Nobody gets paid again. At this point, it's becoming a real problem and the entire staff is becoming agitated. They have bills to pay. I even heard a bunch of the warehouse talking about some competitor nearby they could all go work for. At this point, I even considered just fixing the problem because the warehouse didn't deserve to be treated like that just due to bad management. Maybe I'm the arsehole here for this, but I am severely underpaid and can barely afford my apartment. There is no reason why I should do extra work for free. That same day, VP returns to my office and hands me papers. These papers said that I would be promoted to a newly created position that dealt with inventory slash ERP upkeep. It would be its own department and he would be my direct supervisor. Also came with a hefty raise. All I had to do was sign and agree. I looked up at him after reading the paper, and he had the saddest look on his face. Please just sign it. The consultant said it would take them weeks to get around to fixing it due to the high volume of clients they've taken on, and we can't keep skipping paychecks. I happily signed it and immediately got to work on the HR issue. Managed to even fix it the same day. It was just a simple problem with the permission of HR and payroll in the ERP due to the update. Okay, look, it's very simple. If your boss or company you work for would rather pay an outside agent 60 grand a year than consider paying you a tiny bit more, just leave. Just, just leave. 
Because even if they give you a pay rise, come on. It's a concession. They're going to try and take it away or moan about it or try and underpay you or try and replace you with someone cheaper. It's just a bad culture. It's a bad mindset. If anyone ever does that shit to you, leave. Our next story is in from Eddie Minion. Teach him how to do your job. All right, boss. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. So this one happened a good 15 years ago, and another story just reminded me of it. As always, I am a native English speaker sitting at the keyboard, so any typos are my own damn fault. To keep it short, 15 years ago and some change, I worked for a local computer programming company that made automation software. Our company got bought out by a bigger national company, and after the dust settled, corporate decided that they were going to send a liaison down to our local office to learn how you do things to be a better bridge between offices. AKA, hey new hires, teach our guys how to do your job so we can let three quarters of you go before next quarter. Yeah, none of us were happy about that, but our new corporate overlord had spoken. Month or so later, here's our liaison fellow all ready to go. So show me the interface, he said. Oh, that's when we all stopped, looked at each other, and grinned. For you see, the reason it took us so long to bring new people up to speed is we didn't configure new projects. Configure in this corporate speak meant 
go check off all the boxes in an interface until it does what you want. No, my good friend. We coded everything by hand. Our main program accepted straight-up VB files. Not even scripts. Full-on files. And our new friend here was not a programmer. Not at all. The guy didn't know a for loop from a bubble short. So, as we were instructed, we started walking him through our code. Well, you see, here's our X policy. It's the most common one we use, and it's about 1,500 lines of code in its base form. Didn't you guys say you had some sort of default policies you worked from? Well, yeah, but they end up being more trouble trying to customize than it is to just write entire things from scratch. So up here is where we're declaring our global variables. To our friend's credit, he tried. Oh, he tried for days. And every time we thought he was about to figure something out, we intentionally switched him up to an even worse one. We hired requiring a computer science degree, six months of on-site gearing up and another six months of shadowing before we would let anyone handle a project on their own. This poor guy got the full year's worth of training in a week. To his credit, on his last day, he flat out told us that he was sent down to learn how to replace us, but that he was going to try and tell them that we were doing a great job, and if anything, our time frames were surprisingly short given what we were actually doing. We ran that department for a good five years before the inevitable revolving door of upper management decided to bring in a new easier-to-use suite. People are still kvetching about, man, I miss X, it could have done this in half the time, and instead of a five-man team upkeeping everything, we have multiple departments that still can't manage to fix a broken image link in the new stuff ten years later. Our next story is from... who knows, but... Want to lie about your natural hair colour? Well, have fun with an awful dye job. My wife, 22 female, and I, 22 male, got a little sister, 12 female, some semi-permanent red hair dye for Christmas. She really wanted it and was very excited to use it on herself and her cousin. The hair dye is bright red, assuming you're blonde or bleached. But sis has dark brunette hair, so the dye becomes a dark burgundy on her. Everything that follows is what she told me. I wasn't there for any of it. Sis brought her hair dye to family Christmas at Grandpa's so she could share it with our plethora of cousins. One of our cousins, Anne, 16 female, is pretty entitled. She's a compulsive liar and manipulator. I keep my audio recording app handy on my phone when I'm around her should I have to use it because I don't trust her. She has also done some mild bullying and taking advantage of Sis in the past two years. Anna asked Sis to have her hair dyed. Anna, obviously, has had her hair bleached to a medium light or light blonde. Sis asks Anna, is your hair bleached or dyed? If it is, then it's going to turn out really bright and look crazy. Anna said, no, what? <laughs> no, this is my natural color. This is where the malicious compliance comes in. Sis and my other cousins share a knowing look before getting to work. After letting the paste sit for a reasonable amount of time, they wash it out. And instead of pretty mauve accents like in Sis's hair, 
The back of Anna's hair looks like a bright, clowny, patchy mashup. Anna's response, I kid you not, was to look surprised and say, Oh yeah, I did bleach my hair. I totally forgot this wasn't my natural color. Lol. At this moment, Anna's mother came in and was not happy. Anna wanted to take even more dye from my sister to try and even out the clown hair she'd given herself, but Anna's mom stood up for my sister and wouldn't let her take more. This dye is only semi-permanent, but it will still take 10 to 15 shampoos to be fully washed out. I only learned this because I took my sister out on a breakfast date after New Year's. I was worried that Anna had bullied Sis into using as much hair dye as she had. When I asked about it, it turns out Sis just wanted to let Anna pay for her obvious lie. 